Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Zimmel. As we did a little bit of moving, as 2024 rapidly approaches, we changed a bunch of different things. We're recording from a completely different location, but good news, we were finally recording back in the great state of Texas, which is the most important thing. I'm so excited to be back, and the last time I was in the state of Texas, TC went to a national championship. So the goal for 2024, run it back. We have a ton to talk about. Jalen Morris goes into the transfer portal. Jonathan Brax does not. What does it mean for the offense and the defense for TCU? And then, of course, men and women's basketball on a roll. We'll talk about uh, Michael uh, Micah Peavy, who is the Big 12 Player of the Week, and why Mark Campbell should be the early favorite to win Coach of the Year for women's basketball. But before we get into all of that, reminder, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get the Hypno Toad podcast, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your Hypno Toad, leave us a Christmas gift by leaving a rating and review. And a reminder, you can win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review and screenshotting it, sending it to the big boss, Pete Mundo, at PeteMundoCollegeSports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O at CollegeSports.com. Get a free koozie. And uh, keep your apple cider warm. Well, let's talk about Chandler Morris, who, after last season's national championship run, I told you that there's a chance he doesn't come back. That watching Max Duggan go to New York, be the runner-up in the Heisman, and then watching TCU play in the national championship, there's a lot of guys who would say, you know what, I'm done. Uh, I'm ready to move on. And after playing at Oklahoma and then at TCU, this would have been his third stop. So instead of doing that, he stayed at TCU, the hiring of Kendall Bryles allegedly played a part in that because of the relationship that those two players have. And then you got to imagine that Sonny Dykes, a quarterback whisperer, a guy who has turned, you know, a lot of mediocre to average quarterbacks into really stellar guys, really stellar, stellar quarterbacks, that I think Morris saw that that could be him. I could be a mediocre quarterback that turns into a really good quarterback in the Sonny Dykes system. Instead, 2023 was kind of like 2022 for him, where he goes 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, and five interceptions in seven games played. So if you expand that in the five games he missed, so let's say Chandler Morris played the entire season, you're probably looking at around 2,300 yards, probably 20 touchdowns, and maybe like 10 interceptions. So two-to-one touchdown and interception rate in the league today, not great. You're looking for more... Uh, quarterbacks who don't turn the ball over. Chandler Morris had a very difficult time, especially in the beginning of the year, not throwing costly interceptions, not throwing interceptions in the red zone. That's something that he struggled with this season, and uh, we never saw it get better because he didn't play the second half of the season. Of course, Josh Huber took over, and TCU missed the bowl game. I'm not putting it all on Chandler Morris. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I put a lot of it squarely on the defense. I put it on Kendall Bryles and Sonny Dykes and man game management. And just sometimes ball bounce is weird. That's just football. That's sports. Ball bounce is weird sometimes. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. Chandler Morris did not help uh, the war effort this season for TCU. He's not the sole reason that they lost games. In fact, he probably doesn't make the top three reasons that TCU lost a bunch of games this year. However, seeing him leave is not necessarily the worst thing that has happened this offseason to the program. And that's not to say he's not a good guy, and I wish him success, and I think a lot of Frog fans wish him success going forward. But that being said, 
we're going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to be fine. Now, the thing is, is that, and it should be noted, Transfer Portal, you can go and you can come out. We'll talk about Jonathan Bax, how he goes into the portal, looks around, sniffs around, then comes back to TCU, comes back to Fort Worth. And there's a chance that Morris does something similar, that he goes out, he looks what's available, he sees that the offers may not be what he's expecting, and then ends up coming right back to Fort Worth. I would be inclined to think that that does not happen. Uh, he has one of two options. Option A, which I think is the more preferable option, go to another Power 5 school and be a backup quarterback. Be a, in case of emergency, break glass quarterback, which he was last season for TCU after Max Duggan took the job due to injuries, right? Be a, in case of emergency quarterback, step in. I don't think that Chandler Morris is... Uh, naive enough or foolhardy enough to think that the NFL is going to come knocking. Maybe he is. Maybe he thinks that the NFL is a real possibility, but due to the injuries over the past two seasons, I'd be inclined to think that, that is a pipe dream. XFL, a uh, AFL, uh, CFL, any alternative NFL league, you know, maybe they need bodies. It could happen. But I think that Chandler Morris is very much in the, let's have one more go at it, let's do one more triumphant ride, then we'll go into GAing or coaching or whatever his post-career life looks like. That's option A. Option B, which not maybe the most preferable option, but it's a chance he'll be a starter, is go to a group of, group of five school. Start his career in Oklahoma, played in North Texas, UNT, Tulsa, you know, all teams that might need a quarterback next season. Not a terrible idea to be a group of five quarterback, get your numbers up, look okay, and then move on. You know, end your career on a high note by going to a group of five school and potentially winning a non-Power 5 conference championship, something that he has not done as a starting quarterback. There's a lot of options for Chandler Morris. And then, of course, option three is just come back to TCU. You go out, you sniff, you see what's there, and then you come back. But with a recruiting class, the way it's looking, the way that Sonny Dykes and Kendall Bryles Sunny Dykes, to a lesser extent, are on the hot seat that they need to have success in 2024. Chandler Morris is not a piece in that puzzle. He just isn't. And with Josh Hoover leading the team this season, in the second half of the season, he is the preemptive favorite to win the quarterback battle going into fall practice, spring and fall practice. Josh Hoover was a serviceable quarterback. Again, not the sole reason TCU was losing games, but he wasn't really helping him win games either. And like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing Chandler Morris leaves. The bad part is, is that Hoover might not have that leadership in the locker room, in the quarterback room, that he might need going forward. In fact, I go on a limb here and say that he does need it going forward. That it's good to have an older, wiser, more experienced quarterback, even at the college level, in the locker room, in the quarterback room, to help the younger quarterback. So Josh Hoover going forward is going to have a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on him. Will he be able to succeed at TCU? I mean, inclined to believe yes, but the jury is still very much out. Jonathan Bax withdraws his name from the portal. The freshman linebacker withdrew from the transfer portal, and he will be in Fort Worth for the 2024 season. He entered the transfer portal at the beginning of uh, the month, of December, he received offers from Louisiana Tech, 
Tulane and UTSA. Freshman linebacker drew significant buzz last offseason, appeared in 10 games during the 2023 year. So he's one of four Horned Frogs that went into the transfer portal on the first day that they were available to go in, which was December 5th. He's the only one that has come back out. Part of that might be because of the new uh, offensive or correction, the new defensive head coach, Anthony uh, Alvaros, who will take over the uh, defensive coordinator, Joe, from Joe Gillespie. Bax returns with a big boost for the Horned Frogs. And uh, listening and uh, reading some of the reports that are coming out of the TCU camp, it seems like they didn't think they were going to get him back. So this was a nice Christmas surprise when uh, Bax comes out of the transfer portal. This is very big for the defense. A defense last year that was very uh, poor, <laughs> Bax was one of the bright spots, especially in the underclassmen. I'm glad to have him back, and I think that he is going to make a major impact next season uh, for TCU. Now, the real question will be, if they run a 3-3-5. We talked last week about the hire of new defensive coordinator uh, Andy Alvaros, and what does that mean? Does that mean that TCU is going to go multiple fronts? Could we see a 3-4 and then a 4-3? Could we see them rotating the 3-3-5 in and out? It's not like the wing T or the, the slot back or the option for the offense, where once you have that personnel, you're pretty much locked in. Defense isn't like that. You can really play with some things. You can tinker, and you can throw different looks at offenses uh, throughout the Big 12. The conference has moved away from the passing attack. There's still a lot of teams that throw the ball around the yard. There's still some teams that want to take the top of the defense. But it's the days of 2010 Big 12 football where scores were going to be 73-65, to 65 and no defense was going to be played. Those days have kind of come to a close. Most teams want to have a good running game. TCU in the last two years has really uh, talked about the running game and how important it is to the offense. You look at guys like Tosh Brooks and uh, uh, Bijan Robinson uh, at UT, that there's guys who, or I should say there's teams, who have very much prioritized the running attack. And when you run a 3-3-5 defense, you leave yourself open to getting those gashes. TCU going forward will run the 3-3-5 in situations that will not be their base defense uh, if I was to continue to read the tea leaves over here. that The the, de the defense will either be more conventional, 3-4 or 4-3. 3-3-5 uh, will be rotated in because if you look at the recruiting classes that TCU has had, they have really loaded up on defensive backs, even with uh, guys Going out, Josh Newton, of course, uh, graduating or going to the NFL this past season or this this in this off season, the safeties and corners are still probably the best part of this defense. And getting backs back at the linebacker position, only a freshman, is going to be so important for whatever defense that TC runs out on the field in 2024. Moving on, TCU men's basketball, 8-1 on the season, a 79-59 win against future Big 12 opponent Arizona State this past Saturday. And Micah Peavy, boy, oh boy, did he have a game. His best career game to this date or to this point, he won Big 12 Player of the Week uh, yesterday on Monday. He joins Kurt Ro or Thomas and Kenrich Williams as the only Horned Frogs to record a triple-double. When I read that stat this past weekend, I was floored. I did not think that that was a, a true thing. And I actually had to go back, and they give you the media guide online. You can go find the PDF and scroll through it. 
And it's true. Three players in TCU men's basketball history have had a triple-double. That seems like uh, a misprint. 13 points, a career-high 12 rebounds, career-high 10 assists, with a final of six coming in the final two minutes of uh, the game. Uh, it's the 10th triple-double this season in the NCAA. Hard to believe that uh, only the third in TCU men's basketball uh, history. And this puts PV in a very interesting spot. I still would be, I still tell you that he is not the best player on this team, but to have a guy who can be versatile to not only score the basketball, but also rebound and dish out assists, and for TCU to be hitting shots, which they were able to do against Arizona State, is very important. This men's basketball team, I told you before the season, I was very excited, but I was cautiously optimistic because when you look at the talent that they had last year and no Mike Miles Jr. this year, I said, how are they going to replace a 20-point-per-game score? And they've been able to patchwork it. They've been able to get guys that have stepped up. Jameer Nelson Jr. has played a very, very important role in this team as a uh, leading point guard. They are not as flashy. They are not a well-known team. They're not a household name. You are going to watch this entire TCU men's basketball season and try to talk to your friends who are college basketball fans. And I use that term very loosely because there's not a ton of college football fans or college basketball fans, especially this time of the year uh, with bowl season going on. More people are focused on that, focused on the Cowboys, focused on the Texans, uh, the NFL, than they are on college basketball. But you're going to talk to your friends this Christmas about college basketball, and they're going to talk to you teams like Purdue, Texas, Duke, UNC, and that's what's going to dominate the conversation. TCU is going to fly into the radar all season, and I would be, right now, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too hard, the uh, purple Kool-Aid a little bit too hard here, but this is a team that very much could make a deep run in the Big 12 tournament, and very much, if things break their way, could make a very interesting run in the NCAA tournament. Two Sweet 16 appearances uh, the past or the two NCAA appearances the past two seasons with the Sweet 16 very much on their mind. The Elite 8 very much on their mind for this year's squad. Jamie Dixon's done a great job. He has really built this program to what it is today and he is on a couple short lists when it comes to when these big coaching vacancies open up who would you like to fill it? Jamie Dixon's name is going to get, continue to be thrown around there. I'm hoping that TCU can keep him around as long as possible. Shifting over to women's basketball. Greatest season, start to the season, continues uh, to add uh, acc- or acclaim. The greatest start to the season continues to add acclaim as they debuted in the Associated Press poll yesterday. First time in 2023-24. It's the first time since February 24th of 2020. 2020. So before we knew what a pandemic was, before we knew what COVID was, before you could point out Wuhan on a or on a map, uh, TC Women's Basketball was ranked in the top 24 or 25. That is saying a lot. A lot of time has passed. New head coach Mark Campbell has done a great job. Uh, TCU continues to roll through non-conference play. They got a 68-51 victory against Lamar uh, this past weekend, and they will try to record the most consecutive wins to start a season when they host Omaha tomorrow. Now, 
I don't know if you've been keeping up with uh, women's basketball at all. Omaha, not exactly a world beater. The entirety of this TC women's basketball season, because you schedule these games years and years in advance, and after winning only single digits last year in wins, you came into this season with a schedule that was built for a team that wasn't going to be very competitive in Big 12 conference play. But because of the transfers, and the two that we have to talk about, of course, is a... Madison Connor and Sedora Prince, they lead, the two transfers lead the women's uh, Horn Frogs in points per game, three-point percentage, rebounds, and blocks. And that's between both of them. You bring in two players like this who are legit Power 5 players, and these are the results that you get. These are the results that Mark Campbell has been waiting for. He got hired from being assistant coach at Oregon to run a program and it's worked out. He is a poster child when it comes to making the right hire, kind of making a big swing if you're TCU and it is paid off. This women's basketball program two years ago didn't get an ounce of coverage, was a second thought in the winter when there's not a whole lot of things going on. Uh, there was Women's basketball could have been talked about, but they didn't give us a product to talk about. There's nothing to get excited for. And now you legitimately can get excited for a regular season game this Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. uh, against Omaha. So they have a chance to tie, or correction, to uh, win a 12th consecutive game to start the season. It would mark the best start to a season in uh, TC women's basketball history. Now the question would be, how excited are you when you compare it to Texas and Texas Tech and Baylor? Like, is this TC women's basketball season, is the start of the season good enough for you to buy into the hype, to say, like, oh, we have a legit chance here to be a top team in this conference? 12-0, and you got to play the teams in front of you. I understand that. The first, because after this uh, non-conference game against Omaha, Conference play starts after Christmas. That is when the chips really will be down. That is really when you will have a good idea on what type of women's basketball season we are going to have. Because winning 12 games to start is great, and it's very much on your way to a 20-win season if you're TCU. But will they be able to be competitive? Will they be able to win team against teams like Texas, against teams like Texas Tech, and if they are, if they do, say, split with Texas or split with Texas Tech to start the year, to start conference play, then we're having a conversation in about three months. Can this TCU women's team not only win the Big 12, but can they be a competitive team in the NCAA tournament? TCU women's basketball, similar to the men, are going to be an afterthought for the majority of this year. We're going to talk about them because that's what we do. You're going to talk about them because that's what you enjoy. But they're going to be an afterthought. Caitlin Clark, LSU, UConn all will own ESPN. They will all own the bottom ticker. Fox Sports will talk about those games and those players. But TC Women's Basketball legitimately has a case to start the year to say that they have the best start of the season of any team in the country. For what the projections were and what they are now, a top 25 team, many people would say that this is a uh, master class of coaching and 
Mark Campbell needs to be on any short list for Coach of the Month, for Coach of the Year. He deserves to have that uh, recognition. He deserves to get that those praise. I'm not a big awards guy. I've never been a big awards guy. I think awards are kind of dumb uh, that we give out too many of them. I sound like a cranky old man in a rocking chair, like swinging a cane at kids. But we give away participation trophies. There's so many different awards. But he deserves to have some recognition for what this women's basketball program was before he got here to what it is now. He deserves uh, to to get that that recognition. That is going to do it for the Hypnotoad podcast. We are not doing a podcast next week as it is uh, Christmas. I hope that you all have a uh, excellent Christmas break. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope you're enjoying bowl season. Um, even though the Horn Frogs did not make it to a bowl this season and only joined LSU in 2020 and uh, the University of Texas in uh, 2010 as teams that went to the national championship and then missed the playoffs next year. I hope that you are still enjoying this bowl season and that you are rooting potentially against other Big 12 teams. I'm always of the opinion that the more times the Big 12 wins these bowl games, that it makes the conference look a little bit better. That being said, Texas loses to Washington. I will not shed any tears. Uh, that that's just a fact of life that's gonna do it for the podcast I want to thank you guys for listening tuning in subscribing rating review 2023 was a great uh year it's only better it only gets better when you subscribe rate and review the hypnotoad podcast please write a review on apple Podcasts. send it to our boss pete mundo m-u-n-d-o at heartlandcollegesports.com and win a free college sports koozie get your koozie enjoy it Uh, Give yourself a a Christmas gift. That's going to do it for the podcast. We will talk to you guys uh, in two weeks.